Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. This is TalkSport Daily. Hello, I'm Natalie Sawyer. It's time to look back at a dramatic day 12 in Qatar on World Cup Daily, where Germany were sensationally dumped out of the tournament at the group stage. We promised you drama and TalkSport never fails to deliver. Ram on the overlap, Ram's ball in! And the header directed into the net by Gennabry. And Germany do get that early goal. Germany mean business tonight. Germany won Costa Rica nil. All change in the group. Now it's Japan who are in the runners-up position. 1-1. So Germany know that they need at least one more goal. This is just utopia really, isn't it, for us? It really is. It, it's brilliant radio, it's brilliant football, and it's it's set the World Cup alight. Waston is climbing, good fall for Vargas! It's gone in! Costa Rica have scored again! Germany and Spain are heading out of the World Cup! These are scenes that you just cannot believe! And Japan now lead the group. It's a controversial moment. Germany in desperate trouble. Kimmich to dink the ball in, onside, Fulkrug! Rolls it home, flag is up, won't count. Goal to Germany. So it does count for Fulkrug. Costa Rica two, Germany four. If Japan were to concede against Spain, Germany and Spain would be level on four points apiece. On the same goal difference, of zero, but Germany would have scored more goals than Japan and so would go through. And that is that! One of the most dramatic nights of group stage football in World Cup history. The full-time whistle is blown. Germany and Costa Rica are out of the World Cup after one of the most thrilling, enthralling and captivating nights this competition has seen on a night where all four nations at one stage were about to be eliminated. It's Japan that come from behind and win the group. 
What a dramatic night it was. Group E finished with Germany beating Costa Rica, but because Japan won 2-1 against Spain, the four-time champions have exited the tournament at the group stage for the second World Cup in a row. And earlier on today in Group F, Belgium crashed out after a goalless draw with Croatia. Manager Roberto Martinez has stepped down from his role. It's Morocco who reached the last 16 after beating Canada. The former England lioness Leanne Sanderson is alongside me. So in terms of tonight's matches, Germany Germany are out, Japan top group E, Spain qualify as the runners up as well. We pretty much had every combination at one stage going through to the last 16 from group E. So have we witnessed perhaps one of the most dramatic days in World Cup history? Absolutely, because it's just unbelievable. You could never really call it. You know, even those of us that are in the stadium, we never saw Costa Rica coming anywhere near Germany. You know, I know they ended up Germany winning the game in the end, but it was incredible, really. And then all the permutations at one point, Spain were going out. At another point, Germany were going through at halftime. If the results stayed the same way, Germany and Costa Rica were both going through. It was just incredible. Mm -hmm. And then last night we saw Mexico go out. They needed one more goal. And it's just in, and it was going to go down to yellow cards. So everybody's researching how many yellow cards someone's <laughs> got. And in the end, no one needed to use it. So it's just honestly... This is why we love football, because you can never predict it. And I said it during the commentary, like, we know our football. We work within the game. But sometimes you just watch these games, you just think, how has that even happened? Because Costa Rica looked like they were going to get done the way they did against Spain. The way the game was going, that's what it looked like. And then fair play to them. And I, and I said it many times, it was really strange feeling within the stadium. But it goes to show you, it can take a goal. It can take a tackle or it can take the fans. It took two of those. Where Brian Oviedo down that left-hand side. Remember, we looked at each other, Natalie. We was like, what is going on? Yeah. Have we missed something? Because all <laughs> yeah. the crowd, it wasn't even the Mexican wave. It was literally just like clapping. Mm -hmm. And we're thinking, Have we missed something here. Brian Oviedo did a tackle in the far corner. Goes like this to the crowd. Everybody gets going. And then it just changed it completely. The momentum. I don't know what happened. Germany played well. They did. But again, I keep saying it. It doesn't matter how well they played. They still won. And because Japan beat Spain... That is why it didn't matter in the end, really, did it? No, well, no, it, was, it, it wouldn't have mattered. I mean, you've got to, to go Germany. out there to that's, win. That's for sure. We expected it to be a night of twists and turns. I'm just not sure we expected it to be as frantic and as frenetic as it turned out to be. But the performance, like you say, for Germany against Costa Rica was superb. It wasn't enough because of what happened with that Japan-Spain game. But will it be a question of what could have been for Germany? I think so, and I said it before the game, for me, Germany have always been a team that can get it across the line, and they just haven't in this tournament. You know, it's quite underwhelming because I don't even want to draw comparisons to Belgium because I know Roberto Martinez has gone now, but Hansi Flick, I think, you know, give him a lot of credit because the players are playing for him. He's just team selection during his tournament will be questioned. Mm. Not just, not tonight. It was the other games, you know, against the Japanese and those types of games. You can't, the team selection wasn't there. Everybody was calling for, you know, Muller to not play. Kai Havertz started on the bench tonight, came on and scored two goals. I know sometimes the games do open up. Teams get stretched, you know, and, and it's, it, people think it's easier to come on as a sub. Trust me, I've come on in the World Cup. You have to get up to the speed of play pretty quickly. Mm. Sometimes there can be super subs within the game. And Kai Havertz came on and, and probably would have been disappointed to not start the game because they've been playing him out of position when he has played. And they did it at Chelsea with Kai Havertz as well. So he's not played anywhere near as much as probably he would have expected. But again, the questions will be asked to the manager, which I, is that right or wrong? Because have well, they, played, ask they played badly. I was going to ask you that because he's only been in the role for just over a year. They've got Euro 2024 coming up, which is in Germany. 
they won't want to make too many dramatic changes if he is building something for Euro 2024. Yeah, I think he needs more time. I mean, the players play well. Hmm. I compare it to Belgium and obviously Mexico as well. Like, Belgium have had long enough. Roberto Martinez has been in that job long enough to make things happen. And I've said it many times, how they're ranked number two in the world, I don't know. We know Belgium have got good individual players, but the FIFA World Rankings, Belgium are number two, have never won a competition. How can that be? Mm. So for me, Belgium have been poor in this competition. Uruguay have been poor, but Hansi Flick, I think, needs more time. I do. The players played for him. You, you know, a couple of bad results during a competition. Inevitably, you're not going to go through to the round of 16. But when I watched them tonight, I didn't see a team that weren't, wasn't playing for the manager. Yeah. Or they, they won the game, but, you know, against Japan, they just didn't. And, and it happens in tournament football. Uh, and we're forgetting the fact that Japan played Germany, played Spain, beat both by the same scoreline. Credit massively has to go towards Japan and what they've done at this World Cup. And just on that occasion, they were better than Germany and they were better than Spain. And ultimately, like we were just saying there, Germany have played well. It's just those little moments that they've missed out on, in particular that Japan game. Absolutely. And it wasn't clinical enough. Germany, historically, we know they get down the end line, deliver the ball. They're fast. They're direct. That's one thing you always get with a Germany team, whether it be the likes of when Jürgen Klinsmann played, when Oliver Kahn was the goalkeeper, Rudi Voller. You know, they, they have historically been good putting the ball in the back of the net during this tournament. They haven't put the ball in the back of the net anywhere near. Tonight they did, but then that was the substitutions that came on. So earlier on in Group F, Belgium were knocked out. They had a goalless draw with Croatia. Roberto Martinez has now resigned after six years in charge. That was my last game with the national team. And it's emotional, as you can imagine. I can't carry on. <laughs> Sorry. We've talked about the golden generation of Belgium many times. The expectation that's been put upon them. Has it been wasted? with the talent they had, at, especially at Martinez's disposal? Yeah, I think it's quite shocking, really. I really do. I mean, I, I backed them. It had to be. It was almost now or never. But I think all the noise that's been coming out within the camp during this tournament, Kevin De Bruyne, for me, he's genuinely my favourite player to watch in the world, other than Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> but he is. You know, I love Kevin De Bruyne. He plays in Manchester City, a rival of Man United. But credit where credit's due, he's absolutely world class. He looks a shadow of himself during the tournament. He looks frustrated. Eden Hazard is the captain, didn't play today, but played in the other game, was, was not good at all. And I loved Hazard when he was at Chelsea, and he's been injured the whole, more or less the whole time he's been at Real Madrid, but he doesn't look fit, he doesn't look sharp. So, you know, it was almost too little too late taking him out of the lineup today, because if you don't play for your club, well, some managers pick players that don't play for their club, but clearly, players that don't play for their club, like Harry Maguire, do a better job of keeping themselves in shape, and are ready to go. Different positions, but... Do you know what I'm saying? Like, they keep themselves Still in shape. Still a level of professionalism, yes. yeah. Whereas Eden Hazard walking around the pitch, Axel Wetzel walking around the pitch, all of them were just walking around the pitch during the games. And Batashawai scored the only goal the Belgians scored in the whole tournament. Mm. How can that be against Canada? Like, how can that be a team like Belgium doing it in this tournament? Like, underwhelming. And, and Roberto Martinez, for me, has to lose his job. Has to lose his job because... Well, he has resigned. He has walked away from the role after six years in charge. It does feel as though there's been a bit of disharmony in the Belgium camp. Maybe more of that will come out. From uh, him as well, though, Natalie. Like, yeah, he's absolutely. been talking you, as well. You, we talked about it before. We talked about him saying, we're not here to win the World Cup. It's about the legacy. Morocco beat Canada 2-1 in the other game, meaning that they are the second African country to reach the knockout stage. What I wanted to ask you about was Romelu Lukaku, who 
especially against Croatia, had a number of chances, could not put the ball in the back of the net. He was in tears after the match, had to be consoled by the Belgium coach Thierry Henry before he was seen punching the dugout. You'll find Storganazard right-hand side of the area. Ball to oh. the far post. Lukaku! Oh, he chest it straight into the keeper's arms. What a chance for Romelu Lukaku! He could have been out on the pitch all day and he wouldn't have scored, unfortunately, the way it's been going. Just wasn't his day. No, and he wasn't sharp. He hasn't played and maybe he isn't fit and ready. I mean, for Milan this season, he's played minimal minutes. And I feel like that one that hit him, that would usually be in the back of the net. You know, I've been there myself. It's the easier chances that always end up getting away from you. Take your eye off the ball. That was one that came across the box and it just looked like he needed to guide it in the back of the net. And, you know, it just hit him as opposed to him guiding it in. And to be honest, Romelu Lukaku is an interesting one because obviously when he was at Man United, when he first got there, he played well. Went to Chelsea, did that interview, didn't perform anywhere near where he should. But I don't know if Romelu Lukaku is as good as he thinks he is. Do you, do you know what I mean? Like, he has to perform on a world stage. For me, to be considered as one of the best centre-forwards in the world, like I think he thinks he is, he has to perform better and step up when they need him. So I feel for him because he probably wasn't fit to play because in the game, the last game, they brought him on for 10 minutes. If you need to score a goal, surely he's one of your first substitutes off the bench. A lot of people have said to me, well, if he's fit enough to be on the bench, he should be fit enough to start the game. It doesn't work like that. When players have been injured and have played minimal minutes, you have to ease them back in. People, the only player that doesn't get eased back in is Harry Kane. Mm. When he's injured for Tottenham Hotspur, comes straight back in. When you consider what we have witnessed today with Belgium going out, Germany going out, yesterday Denmark also went out. We've seen defeats for Argentina, Spain this evening, France as well. Does that make you think actually that draw for England against the USA? There was a lot of criticism about that, but actually we should have taken more positives out of that. Yeah, I think we have to be realistic as well. Like I heard some people were booing. You know, some people were booing at halftime of the Wales game the other day when I was there. And I'm thinking, are people just doing this because they just feel like doing it? Because let's be realistic. I understand people want us to be here, but we've only won the World Cup once in 1966. It's great to go to a tournament and want to win. I want England to win more than anybody. But does it look like we're going to win the tournament? Have we seen, apart from the Iran game, have we seen any of the games where we think, wow, they're amazing? Got there across the line against Wales, but we should have beaten Wales, but realistically, we should have. But against Iran, that performance was brilliant. And I just think sometimes with England, it's like, down if you do, down if you don't, because we beat Iran, and it was almost like, well, we're supposed to beat them. Well, no, they're in the top 20 in the world. They're not a poor team. Well, up next on World Cup Daily, we'll talk more about the three Lions. We'll be hearing from the England camp. You're listening to the TalkSport World Cup Daily podcast. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. 
Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Belgium will progress with a win. They can only qualify with a draw if Morocco lose against Canada. Jeopardy all over the shop. The Atlas Lions of Morocco look to qualify for the round of 16 for the first time since 1986. And Belgium now conceded a penalty early on here. This is far too long to wait for a decision to be made. This is not right, this is not football. He's cancelled out the penalty, he's calling it offside, and we carry on with a free kick at nil-nil. Then the Serie now on the burst into the penalty area. It's a brilliant goal for Morocco from Youssef and the Serie. Four to oh. the far post. Lukaku, oh, he chest it straight into the keeper's arm. There's no more time. Belgium are out of the World Cup. The golden generation sinks to its knees. There will be twists and turns. It promises to be another night of high drama at the 2022 World Cup. Ram on the overlap, Ram's ball in! And the header directed into the net by Gnabry. And Germany do get that early goal. It is really, really close. Have Japan scored twice in two and a half minutes? Oh, it's a goal, it counts! Germany and Spain are heading out of the World Cup. These are scenes that you just cannot believe. Havertz is in, Havertz has scored! 2-2! And now it's Spain in pole position to finish second. I'll tell you what, Jim, this is why I love this game so, so much. Japan that come from behind and win the group. And Spain are going to limp through with them. Germany and Costa Rica are out of the World Cup. I'm Natalie Sawyer and you're listening to World Cup Daily. What a dramatic day here in Qatar where Germany have exited the tournament at the group stage after Japan shocked Spain in Group E and in Group F, Belgium crashed out after a goalless draw with Croatia. Manager Roberto Martinez has now stepped down from his role. Morocco reached the last 16 after beating Canada. So Group E finished with Japan top, Spain second, Germany third with Costa Rica in fourth. It was goal difference that was the difference between Spain and Germany. And in Group F, it's Morocco who finished top with Croatia second, Belgium third, Canada with the wooden spoon. It means that Japan will meet Croatia in the last 16 and Morocco will face Spain. The former England lioness Leanne Sanderson is alongside me. We've had an incredible day here and we've witnessed some history as well. It will go down as one of the most incredible days in World Cup tournament football. But let's move on to England and they will play Senegal in the last 16 on Sunday on TalkSport. Trent Alexander-Arnold has been speaking to TalkSport's England correspondent Faye Carruthers ahead of the clash and after recent comments from former World Cup winning captain Cafu comparing Trent to Roberto Carlos this was his response to the Brazilian legend yes hi hi praise I think when you think of those two names you probably think of the two best fullbacks in in history really you know there's a couple others that that sneak into that conversation but them two are always in everyone's conversation for them them words to be spoken um is you know really really nice what did you feel though when you saw when you saw that when you read that what did you think it's just special you know, to know that people like that see the game in a way that they understand me. 
because I feel like sometimes as a player I might be a little bit misunderstood. But you know, to to feel like I've been un- understood by them is is something that is that is nice. That's really interesting to hear because uh, from the outside looking in, I can imagine it's incredibly frustrating when you're putting in. Well, you know where this is going, don't you? You're putting in the hard yards, and the first thing people always talk about when they talk about you is how incredible you are going forward. But the perception outside is that defensively, that's your weaker side of your game. And that's become a bit of a narrative now. Mm -hmm. How frustrating do you find that? I think it's come to a point where it's just, it's the lazy opinion. It's the lazy thing to say. People who kind of just watch the game and see what they want to see. There's kind of that prejudice, I believe now, that you see what you want to see at the end of the day. If you go to watch a game and you have a perception that a player is lazy, then, and you see them once not running, then in your mind they're lazy. You know, you see what you want to see. You don't see the rest of the game where they're running around, sprinting around, trying to trying to do the thing. And I, th- I suppose that's where I feel like I'm judged. Is that people go into games or people watch me play football with a with a preconception of he's not a good defender or he can't defend well. So when I do have that one mistake or that one time someone gets past me, then that confirms what they they think. At times, it feels like it doesn't matter how well I do. If if I'm not perfect in that respect, in that respect, then it's not good enough, and I'm held to standards that potentially other players aren't held to. But well, that's life. You gotta get on with it. That was England's Trent Alexander-Arnold. He came on as a second half substitute in the win over Wales on Tuesday. Leanne, he he does come in for a lot of criticism, doesn't he, Trent Alexander-Arnold? Is that unfair, actually, when you consider what he's saying there? Look, there are legends of the game that say he's a brilliant defender, and yet that is something everybody picks up on. Yeah, but I think there's always those players. Ask Raheem Sterling, he's been through it his whole career, and it was only in recent years that people he finally gave him the respect he deserves. And he's right, Trent, he touched upon it. If, you know, if someone says something to you, you start to look for it. Mm. don't you you start Mm -hmm. to magnify it and it's true like you've only got to look at someone like Neymar ask him as well he has to go above and beyond to do the most so that everyone says he's actually playing well with Trent yes he is susceptible to a mistake defensively but the way he whips the ball in the way he goes forward I mean a lot of players are susceptible to a mistake but with him it is magnified so I think a lot of pundits have criticized him as well sometimes rightfully so sometimes I don't think so because other players are making mistakes as well I guess, though, it is always that space that's left him behind if he's in an advanced position. But that's where you sometimes have to have your your other defenders, your other centre-halves covering those areas. Or even a, a midfielder, like you sometimes see with Liverpool, like a Jordan Henderson or James Milner might slot in there when, when there's those spaces uh, that are left by Trent Alexander. The thing is, as well, though, I'm not quite sure how he, he shakes off that whole thing, I can't defend, he can't defend. I don't know where, you know what I mean? Like I remember when Jack Grealish, when he wasn't getting in, in the England team and they kept saying he can't defend, all of a sudden he went to Manchester City and then he started to start for England. He didn't all of a sudden become a great defender. That was never a problem. Mm. But that was the issue that everybody was pushing, that Jack Grealish is not playing for England because he can't defend. Well, no, that's not the reason. Jack Grealish was playing magnificently well. Aston Villa and wasn't starting in those games because Gareth Southgate preferred to go with Calvin Phillips and Declan Rice. And at times feel frozen in that area as well. So at the end of the day, I feel for Trent sometimes because a lot of people just think, oh, these footballers get paid all this money, you know, and they don't have any type of feeling. Uh, He gets absolutely hammered sometimes. And like I said, justifiably so. But he does get held to a different standard, I think, than some players because 
trust me, I support Manchester United and I know there's a lot of players at my club that have performed far worse than Trent and they're not getting any type of criticism in the way he is. Just lastly on Trent Alexander-Arnold then, it's Kieran Trippier, Carl Walker that have been preferred. Does he still have a big role to play in this England in this England setup in this World Cup? Yeah, and I think it's difficult because look at the like, look at the fullback position. It's probably our strongest position that we have as well as the front areas. But, you know, Chilwell, Reese James are not here, but he still has a role to play. And I'm sure Gareth Southgate, I mean, didn't seem like he was really having him at all. In the Nations League, he didn't even have him on the bench. So I only I think Trent probably wouldn't have been selected had those injuries have not have come because when Trent was playing well, he still wasn't playing for England. And there was this question mark over him. And I think to myself, again, if he was Brazilian or Spanish, he'd be probably one of the first names down on the team sheet. When you've got the likes of Cafu, Roberto Carlos, talk, ask Danny Alves. He made a career out of doing what Trent does. And he didn't do too badly, did he? <laughs> yeah, he did all right. Um, there's one more day to go of group matches. And that is the final two groups, G and H. Uh, they're coming your way live on Talk Sport. Here on Talk Sport, you'll be able to listen to South Korea against Portugal. That's at uh, three o'clock. Portugal already through and South Korea who start uh, the game in third with a real chance of joining them. But Ghana will have a say in that one. They also kick off at three o'clock in their game against Uruguay. Remember, that is a grudge match with Luis Suarez involved. Uh, uh, a grudge that goes back to 2010, if you can remember, in South Africa when Luis Suarez denied Ghana uh, a, a goal with his uh, goal line handball and Asamoah Juan missed the resulting penalty and it was Uruguay that eventually went through. That on TalkSport 2 from 3 o'clock. And then from 7 o'clock, Cameroon, Brazil are live here on TalkSport. Brazil already through and Serbia, Switzerland are on at the same time on TalkSport 2. I wanted to pick on pick up on something you've mentioned before, which is regards to Uruguay and how disappointed you've been. They face Ghana. Ghana are in second currently. Uh, Ghana have played some exciting football at times. They've been involved in five goal thrillers in both their games so far, losing the first one 3-2 to Portugal and then winning the second to, against South Korea. But Uruguay haven't uh, registered a single goal. They're the only team to not have scored. And yet you think about some of their players and Darwin Nunes, Suarez, Edison Cavani. It's, it sort of makes you question what's gone wrong. Yeah, it was, it was an interesting one because I like Darwin Nunes. I think his Liverpool career um, got off to an interesting start because of that red card. Mm. And I think he's always, already been playing catch-up. But I watched him play a lot for Benfica and he was absolutely incredible. He's an amazing specimen of a man. Like, he's got all the attribu attributes similar to Ibrahimovic. You know, he's tall, he's physical, but he's been really poor during this tournament. He has played on the left in the second group game. The other day, he played straight down the middle. Edison Cavani, what you'll get with Edison Cavani, he'll always make himself available. He'll always run around the place. His engine is unbelievable, but he has to waste a lot of energy trying to track back, trying to press the back line. That's not what Edison Cavani is there to do. He's there to put the ball in the back of the net. He came off. Darwin Nunez came off in the last game as well. And Luis Suarez came on. But again, he doesn't look, you know, Suarez doesn't look sharp. He doesn't look fit. He, you know, he's not playing that much football at the highest level. But again, you still, Bentoncourt, I think has been their best player. And I felt for Bentoncourt in the last game because he's been good for Tottenham Hotspur this season. He's been really, really good. And he played well in the last game. But it's almost like him on his own. There's not really anybody else that seems to be stepping up. So Group G and H have to be finalised and it is only Brazil and Portugal in their respective groups that have sealed their place in the last 16. So six teams still looking to reach the knockout phase. Don't forget the TalkSport World Cup daily podcast is available to download on the TalkSport app or wherever you get your podcasts from. It'll be there every morning throughout the tournament in Qatar. That was a podcast from TalkSport.